Hi again, everybody. This is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals. I'm Nick Curran. Uh, thanks for checking out the podcast. However you have done that, it's available, of course, on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can get it all three of those places, as well as on gocards.com. We certainly appreciate you streaming the podcast, downloading it, subscribing to it as well, so you never miss an episode. And if you could leave a rating, we would certainly appreciate that as well our guest this week uh louisville football great nfl pro bowler and now a multimedia star as it were eric wood joins us eric how are you i'm doing good i appreciate the usage of the word uh star there it's a little loose but it's all good you're everywhere though you're everywhere uh a lot of different stuff going on i know um what I know there's a lot of things, but but what's been kind of keeping you busy in this in this uh, era of uh, of COVID nineteen the last few months? Yeah, so uh, working from home a lot more, and I have a podcast called What's Next with Eric Wood. So that's been a fun uh, journey and a bunch of really fun interviews that I've done on there. So if people want to check that out, you can go ahead. There's my shameless plug, but um, really just been anticipating, hopefully on football games this fall and um, right now I work with the Buffalo Bills radio network and also with ACC network so really pulling for the ACC to have continued great results with their COVID testing and all the protocols they've gone through uh, has just been tremendous that a number of the programs have, have zero positive tests right now which is just absolutely phenomenal especially when you compare that to what's happening nationally if you you know all these guys are in a contact sport and they've been able to keep these guys healthy and uh, I'm just really excited about that and then the NFL seems to be pushing along like everyone assumed they would and so hopefully I'll be calling Bill's games this fall as well yeah hopefully continued good news on on all those fronts and and uh, before we kind of jump into you and, and your story uh, to that kind of end um thoughts on i know it's it's one season but it was a really good season a, a kind of uh uh certainly bursting through expectations last year but scott satterfield and staff and and uh what the the louisville football team your alma mater looks like uh headed into this 2020 season you know, I, I thought 2019 was an absolutely phenomenal coaching job. And I say that for a number of reasons. You inherit a two and Ted team that you could not even really recruit because of the timing of the hire. So you don't have a recruiting class for 2020 for 2020. And then you get hit by the transfer portal harder than anybody else in the entire country. So now you have essentially, um, a fairly bare roster in the way recruiting works nowadays. You can't just go out and, and fill all those empty spots. You can only bring in 25 to 28 guys a year. So he was faced with a, a tremendous challenge. Now the cupboard wasn't bare. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of talent on this team. We got to see it last fall. Scott and his staff really showcased a lot of great talent, but this was a team that heading into the Notre Dame game to start the year last year, if they gave up 50 points, they would have set a record for most consecutive games, giving up 50 points in a game. So uh, giving up 50 points defensively. So that's what you inherit. Now, it's amazing what putting some confidence into these guys, getting them to buy in, you know, just just pouring into these kids. It's amazing what that did because it, you really got to see how much talent some of these guys have when you get to see Javian Hawkins, Cunningham, Tutu Atwell, 
Dawkins, there's so or Fitzpatrick, so many guys got to showcase their talent last year. You get Mackay Becton, who who uh, is a, a really early pick in the NFL draft to the Jets, so um, was a ton of fun last year. And then looking at this year. You return a lot of starters on both sides of the football. You have a running back, a quarterback, and a wide receiver up for the big national awards. You return eight starters on defense. You return the defensive coordinator for the first time in four or seven years. So all that combined, I, I believe it's not just me that has high expectations for this part of football team. Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch as uh, as things get going here in the next uh, month and, and camp obviously underway. Uh, let's talk about you uh, growing up in, in the Cincinnati area. Uh, did you, did you play a lot of other sports growing up or was it, or was it kind of always football? No, I played, I played a number of other sports and you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I played soccer for a period, football, baseball, basketball, volleyball golf i mean whatever was in season whatever my buddies were playing whatever we could compete at we we truly played and then it wasn't until uh my junior high school i didn't play basketball that winter to try and put on some weight because i didn't even I, I was our backup tight end my junior year and i just knew that if i played basketball i was going to stay 200 pounds i probably wasn't going to get on the field again and so i took that off season off of playing basketball and put on some weight and Thank God uh, Jeff Brom was there from the University of Louisville to recruit some other guys in my high school and noticed me, continue to build a relationship. And then after a basketball game my senior year, so I go through the whole football season my senior year, and after a basketball game following, uh, Coach Petrino offered me a scholarship. So it wasn't a hard decision to pick Louisville at the time, uh, but, but, I mean, it truly worked out phenomenal. wouldn't change a thing. Um and maybe maybe you just answer this when did you kind of um know in your mind or think like you were you were really good at football and and that like it was going to be something you could do past high school I mean honestly I guess probably heading into my senior season I had put on a bunch of weight and put on a bunch of muscle I started to look like for a football player for the first time in my life and through that whole time you know Jeff Brown was one of the people that even recommended switching to offensive line just because I, I had a big frame and you know at that point I thought you know maybe I could I could walk on somewhere maybe I can get a scholarship if I play really well my senior year and then when I got that scholarship um, I, I realized that Yes, I, I can. I can play at the next level. I'm going to a Division One school, a school that's getting ready to move to the Big East and has so much momentum. Uh, the team my freshman year when I redshirted that 04 team was one of the most talented teams I've ever been a part of. And then um, to, to kind of jump the gun when I when I realized I had the shot at playing at the next level, I made freshman All American um, in, in 2005. And when you made the freshman All-American team, they sent you a letter in the mail and it said this this many congratulations and this many guys that were freshman All-American. This is the percentage that play on NFL rosters that get drafted early, whatever it may be. And at that moment, I realized, wow, I could I could potentially have a have a future in this beyond just college and, and really uh be able to, to to make a big impact using this game. So at that point, I kind of went all in on football. I sacrificed dedication, work ethic, all went to a next level upon receiving that letter. And then that kind of planted the, the dream in me to want to play in the NFL. And certainly that, that worked out great. You, 
you mentioned the the year you redshirted that 04 team, an incredible Liberty Bowl victory. That was as entertaining a game as you could ever see. Uh, do you do you have uh, a favorite? Uh, this is a loaded question. A, a favorite memory from your time as a Cardinal? Or I know the Orange Bowl is is a big one. Is there is there anything else that that kind of stands out to you? Yeah, the Orange Bowl is obviously a big one, but but for me. When we beat Miami at home, and then later in the year we beat West Virginia at home for the blackout. I mean, those two games to to have two nationally ranked teams come into our house. I mean, Cardinal Stadium was absolutely rocking for both of those. That blackout atmosphere was like nothing I've ever been a part of. And then you know, from that Miami game, I'll always have lasting memories of Mario Uridia, stiff arming guy down the field. Um, when I think back to the West Virginia game. I think about the crowd storming the field after the game and um, just just a ton of awesome memories from that 2006 Orange Bowl season. Yeah, we had Harry Douglas on, on the podcast a few weeks back and, and he uh, that was that was his kind of pick the middle of that year, the. Uh, and the back-to-back weeks, that West Virginia week, and then he talked about the Rutgers week right after, which which uh, we don't have to get into that. But uh, he he uh, he said the same thing: the incredible electric atmosphere of of that Thursday night against West Virginia. Um, it, it went on to be, as you uh, as you mentioned, uh, to the NFL, a first-round pick of of the Bills, um, and a, a great career there, a Pro Bowler. Um, any any kind of big memories that stick out uh, from your time as a bill? Yeah. I mean, a bunch of really fun games. I, you know, I think back to the 2011 season, we had a lot of hope for that season and we go three and zero to start the year. We beat new England at home. We hadn't beaten them many times. And so we beat them at home uh, to start the year three and zero. it sent them, I believe the one and two and the expectations were sky high. We ended up going five and two to start that year. The only two, games we lost we lost on a last second field goal at Cincinnati they were a playoff team in a last second field goal at New York when the Giants won the Super Bowl so you know easily could have started that season 7-0 and uh, Fred Jackson was on an MVP pace that year he breaks his leg I tear my ACL Ryan Fitzpatrick breaks his ribs a little bad luck derailed that season but that was that was a fun ride and then obviously for me you know, to break the 17-year playoff drought uh, in the fashion we did. And if people haven't seen it, go on YouTube and find those videos of us celebrating in the locker room. But um, I'll always say, you know, I'm medically disqualified from football now, so I'll never play in the Super Bowl. But, man, it sure felt like winning the Super Bowl when we broke that playoff streak. And, and we had been through a lot of adversity that season. And to cap it off that way it was a ton of fun. Yeah, definitely go check those uh, those videos out. That that is uh, really amazing stuff. And and you mentioned um, being medically disqualified from playing football, and, and your career came to um, an abrupt end on the field. Uh, and, and you know, you've moved into the broadcasting side of it. Is that something that that you, in the back of your mind, always always thought you wanted to do, or was that something that that you kind of uh, figured out once you? You, you knew you couldn't get on the field anymore. Yeah, it was something I kind of figured out. You know, there, I think as a player, you always have the in the back of your mind that maybe I'll want to stay around the game, potentially not coach. You know, I have a ton of respect for those that do coach, but those hours, especially right now with me with young kids and stuff, I think that'd be really tough for me to go that route. So to stay around the game, the other obvious way is, is through media, through broadcasting. So I wanted to give it a shot, just knowing that it was probably time sensitive, knowing that if I'm a 
offensive lineman who played my career in Western New York in five years from now, people are probably not going to be beating down my doors to come call football games. So I jumped in, called one game my first year out for Fox. I did a couple of pregame shows and realized that I liked being back around football facilities. I liked being around the game, talking about the game, having football conversations. Um, and so my second year in true fashion, I went all in and took two, two jobs for the following year and ended up doing college and NFL games every week. But it was a blessing um, to be able to call football games in the ACC and cover the conference that my alma mater is a part of. And then also be able to go back and call uh, Bill's games, which, you know, I wasn't ready to move on from Buffalo. To still be able to have a role up there um, was good for me and my family. Yeah, kind of the best of both worlds. That's awesome. What, uh, in in terms of preparation and everything you do for broadcasting, clearly there's a lot that that goes into that. I certainly know that firsthand. Um, how is it different, and and is it different in the way you prepare for broadcast versus the way you prepared for for games week in and week out? You know, it's 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 much different in what you're doing, but I think your mentality's always got to be the same. And no matter what you do, and and the way we prepared as football players, and the amount of time and effort that you put in, the sacrifice, and just knowing that if you wanted to be your best, you had to be extremely prepared every week, is the same approach that I take to broadcasting, which is a lot of hours, and it's a lot of film, it's a lot of articles you got to read, and you know, uh, I'll, I'll never forget last year, early in the season, I called. Furman at Virginia Tech and heading into the game, I don't think I could have named uh, many more than maybe one or two people on Virginia Tech's team, and I didn't know anybody on Furman's team. That's a lot of preparation. Well, it ends up coming down to an onside kick at the end, and we made a pretty good broadcast out of it, I felt like. And it was it's in times like that then your your uh, efforts are rewarded when you know that, hey, we got a close game. We didn't necessarily expect it. We had a lot of uh, blowout uh, coverage ready. You know, in college, you always have to have a bunch of topics teed up in case you get a blowout, uh, not as much so in the NFL. And then on the NFL side of things, um, it's 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 a lot easier. It's a lot less time consuming because a lot of these guys I played with and played against. And then I played for seven head coaches in nine years, if you include interims. So I know so many schemes around the NFL. It becomes a little bit easier to do that, especially because one of the teams I'm covering every week is the Bills, who I'm obviously extremely familiar with. Yeah. What your um, your schedule last year and people obviously, you know, doing the ACC games and then being the, the Bills color analyst, as you mentioned, what what are those weekends like for you? And, and what were those weekends like? Uh, that, that's that, people may not realize, but that's a that's a very hectic schedule on the weekends. It is, you know, it often involved leaving on Thursday because you have your production meetings and everything Friday morning on site for college. And then as soon as our college game was over on Saturday, Wes Durham is uh, the play-by-play guy in my crew. He's the play-by-play guy for the Falcons. So me and him would immediately head to an airport, get to a location wherever uh, the NFL game was at the next day, call the Bills game. And then oftentimes it was at some point Monday, I would be heading back to Louisville, uh, spend a few days with my family and then get back on the road Thursday. And where, where the things get complicated is if you got uh, a week where the Bills played Sunday in Buffalo, they also played Thursday in Dallas. I had a college game before the Bills game and after that week. So uh, to call four games in eight days was pretty tough. It, it, it made me have a lot more respect for the Kirk Herbstreets of the world that do a college game day in the morning, a game that night. A lot of times, especially early in the season, they'll get hit with a 
you know, Monday Labor Day game or a Thursday midweek game. Uh, Make sure you respect those guys a, a, a tremendous amount. Yeah, a lot, a lot that that certainly goes into it. Uh, as you have, you know, transitioned into to the media side, is is there anyone that that you've kind of uh, looked to specifically to 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 learn from and to to kind of uh, make your way through through this side of it? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I've I've been placed with two incredible play-by-play guys that have so much experience. John Murphy up in Buffalo. This will be his 18th year, I believe. And then Wes Durham uh, with ACC Network is just absolutely phenomenal. He's been in the business forever. His dad was in the business. So I've learned a tremendous amount from them. Roddy Jones, the color guy on my ACC crew, I get to learn a lot from him. He's been in the business for five years. But then there's been a number of guys that when my career ended, reached out to me, guys like... Ian Rappaport and Mike Silver and um, man, I'd be remiss. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet, he's an Ohio guy as well. Chris Spielman's an Ohio guy. Some guys that maybe I crossed paths with along the way and they just said, hey, if you ever need anything in this business, please let me know. And, and those guys have been tremendous in helping me make connections, hire a broadcast agent, um, simple travel questions. Hey, how? what's the best way to get from – Blacksburg, Virginia to Buffalo. Is it drive? Is it drive to Charlotte, then fly to Buffalo? Is it drive somewhere else? So those guys have been tremendous resources for me. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that comes up. Um, you, you mentioned your podcast earlier. Uh, how did that come to be? What's next with uh, with Eric Wood? Well, honestly, um, I had just called a couple games. Or I called the one game for Fox, and I did those two pregame shows, but I had nothing lined up for the following year, and I just felt like I needed to get some reps. I needed to produce some content, and for me, I didn't know exactly what next was going to look like for me, but I knew that I had a bunch of connections in sports and business and through church and whatnot that I could do these interviews, and people would benefit from them. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you'll tune into Eric's podcast and he'll be talking about ACC and bills. And we go down rabbit holes of nutrition and sleep. We go through um, faith conversations and and so many different paths. It's a ton of fun for me. Uh, Keeps me um, it it keeps me working uh, throughout the year. I constantly got to prepare for those. Um, And then it's just been a phenomenal networking tool where, you know, I ask one of my favorite authors in John Gordon to come on the show. And then all of a sudden I'm doing his podcast with him. We're talking, um, you know, monthly now pouring into each other. And it's, it's just been, it's been phenomenal how uh, the course of that's kind of ran. Got to check it out. What's next with Eric Wood on your favorite podcast platform. It is a, it is a fantastic listen. So be sure to, uh, to check that out. Uh, appreciate the time. Uh, gonna steal your gimmick a little bit, some rapid fire ones, like right here at the end. Um, right, th- there's, there's one that, that we've, we've kind of asked everybody, um, over these last few months, um, you know, in, in the time when, when we were all very much in our homes during the, the, the quarantine, the more quarantine period of, of, uh, of COVID-19 uh, any, any TV shows or Netflix stuff that you were watching or that you were watching with the family? I think the last dance provided everyone some really good yeah. uh, entertainment with the bulls. Um, we watched Ozark um, we we try to watch it. We try to get into series, and we do, but it takes us forever to get through them because we have a five year old and a two year old, and I feel like they get they've been going to bed later and later. We still go to bed at and ten thirty, and 
but we knock out like two thirds of an episode a night. I, f- I feel like I feel like most people are at a much faster rate knocking out shows than me and my wife are. But uh, we've we've knocked out a few documentaries and stuff. But um, yeah, definitely some more TV time uh, through the quarantine. Non sports TV time, I should say. Yes, it and it's good to not binge it all at once, and you always have something to look forward to. Um, right. You kind of regret when you get through it all quick. You're like, dang, what do I watch now? I always tell people, I'm like, I'm I'm literally jealous of you if you've never seen Breaking Bad. Like, you get to check that show out for the first time. Uh, there's something to be said for it. Um, stealing this question straight from you, I think you asked it to. Uh, you've asked it to a few people. Marky's good one. The last one I listened to. Uh, your favorite wings in Buffalo? Uh, Barbell. It's a tremendous hole in the wall spot, but there are so many good spots up there because up there, if you don't have just incredible wings, you won't sell any. So there's awesome spots all over there. And and I'm sure I offend a bunch of buddies of mine that have restaurants up there every time I say that, but uh, at least I'm truthful about it. Where do you rank? My favorite is Gabriel's gate. Where do you rank Gabriel's gate? Gabriel's gates up there. Um, you know, Gabriel's gate, bar bill, nine 11 tavern, um, a place called Sonny Reds. Now those are like in, in a a top echelon. That's like better than any wings that I've had anywhere else in the country. So they're, they're incredible. They, they sure, they certainly are. Um, what, what's your favorite part gotten to go with, with the baseball team, um, the last several years, what's your favorite part about Buffalo? My favorite part about Buffalo is probably just the people up there. I mean, we, we got, we had so many great relationships we made with neighbors and whatnot. Um, and we always look forward to going back there, but the people of Buffalo embraced me from the second I got up there and I still am just welcomed tremendously, uh, up there. So the people are just incredible. Grew up Cincinnati or you a Reds fan? Yep. Uh, favorite Cincinnati Red? Uh, currently, I'll say Jesse Winker. I threw out the first pitch of the game last year, and he caught for me, and I didn't realize he was a Bills. He grew up in Buffalo. He's a big Bills fan. Yeah. So yeah. I'll say him. I grew up a huge Ken Griffey Jr. fan. He was from Cincinnati, so I was a fan of his when he was in Seattle. When he came back home, I mean, I don't, I don't think I went to school that day so that we could watch the press conference. It was, it was a monster deal. That's awesome. And uh, Winker, very beloved in Buffalo. Whenever uh, the bats went there, he had quite the quite the cheering section as well. Uh, I a couple it. times he was there. Um, all right, one more. If uh, if you if you knew you had one more podcast, like you were only going to get to do one more episode of your podcast, and you could pick anyone to interview, who would it be? Wow, that's a phenomenal one. Um, I really want to do one with Ray Lewis. Um, but man, um, that's that's a great one. And I, if I could have anybody, um, man, I, I guess I'll say Ray Lewis. I listened to Ray Lewis on a podcast, and he told this story about fifty-two cards. And I'll save it hopefully for when he comes on my podcast. <laughs> um, but he talked about doing these push-ups and then beating up his stepdad and all this. And I was like, man, I got to get him on my podcast and tell that story. And I've had some. We have we had the same agent when we played and. Um, we have some other connections, so um, I'm, I'm trying to line that up without ever just 
bugging the crap out of somebody either, uh, as I'm sure you know, now being in the podcast world. Um, so uh, being respectful of his time, he just started his own podcast as well. So I'm sure a lot of his free time, which I'm sure isn't much, is dedicated to that. But he'd be an awesome guest. Who's yours? I would love to hear yours. Uh, wow, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, so I grew up um, a big Michael Jordan fan. So that would probably that would probably be mine, even though the thunder of that just got stolen by the last dance, because I feel like that was almost the 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 Michael Jordan podcast episode. Um, But but there I feel like there's a lot there. And um, I'm a big sports broadcasting nerd. So there's a lot of a lot of those folks like Al Michaels, I think, would be really cool to talk to. So. That would be a good one. And it's it's amazing how uh, when you get someone from that field on a show, how long you don't have to ask a whole lot of questions when you get media members on, which I guess maybe I'm, I'm proving that today, too. And that is the best way to do it because that makes it uh, that makes for the best uh, interviews, I think. Uh, really appreciate this, Eric. It was awesome. Uh, where can folks check out your podcast and and uh, where can folks catch you this fall, uh, provided everything moves along as, as planned? Yeah, so my podcast is called What's Next with Eric Wood. It's on all the major platforms. I also post them out through my uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's at ewood70. So it, it all pushes out through there. Hopefully, I'll be calling games for the Bills this year and hopefully be calling a bunch of Cardinal games for ACC Network. But you can catch me on ACC Network. Um, what an awesome first year that was for the network. Really excited about year two with it looking forward to it eric again appreciate the time thanks so much uh, for doing this and looking forward to, to following you uh this uh, as the season gets cranked up yeah absolutely my pleasure nick big thanks again to eric wood awesome conversation there and uh obviously a great player and now transitioning into a, a great broadcaster as well and then be sure to check out the podcast what's next with eric wood thank you for listening to this podcast however you have found it again on itunes google play and spotify and at gocards.com you can always check it out there as well uh, and again whether you're streaming it downloading it we appreciate it if you subscribe hit that subscribe button you'll never miss an episode and uh, be sure to leave a rating as well we appreciate those that'll do it for us this week we will catch you next time i'm nick curran this is welcome to the ville the official podcast of the louisville cardinals